Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hi, Jim. Kimberly, you look so lovely today in your oh, summer outfit. You. I mean, we're in the deep of summer here. We are. In uh, the Great Lakes of the United States, and we are so thankful for some blue skies, some warm temperatures. Are you spending some time with that boy of yours, Max? Out yes. by the pool, maybe? Yes, I am. In fact, we just got home from the beach, so we're enjoying oh. this weather and uh, this time of year. We're so glad that you carved time to join us here at our studio because today we're continuing a series that we've branded Pure Love. And that's a phrase that has a lot of, well, ways you can take it, Pure Love. When Mm -hmm. I just say the term, your mind might race with all kinds of different definitions. (laughs) But before we go any farther, I want to give you our toll-free number so that you know we're always glad to hear from you 24 hours a day and seven days a week. This is the number. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We'll give you that number again at the close of our program today, but just now write it down and know that we want to hear from you. Okay, Kimberly, when I say the phrase to you, pure love, just just like that, what what comes to mind? Belle Biv DeVoe. (laughs) <laughs> what like does if that I'm mean? honest, the first thing that comes to my head is an 80s rap group and um, baggy clothes singing about love. And that's what comes to mind. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Uh, the random definitions that's of a where phrase. where my head lives, right. That's all right. You know what? When I hear the word pure love, I... I honestly first thought about Purell, the hand cleanser, <laughs> and of course, it comes... And that's what's in your head. That's what's in my head, and that has to do with, of course, the concept of purity. Purell is a takeoff on, mm-hmm. you know, if you have this cleanser, you'll get rid of all the germs, everything. It'll be, you'll be purely clean, but then, of course, pure love, when I think about love, I mean, is that a Valentine card? Is that a box of chocolates? Mm-hmm. Is that an embrace? Is that a, a romantic kiss under the moonlight? I mean, there are lots of ways to take these words, but we're using them today actually as a quote out of a man's mouth. His That's name, right. Samuel Logan Brengle. And he lived a long time ago in the 19th century and into the first decades of the 20th century. He was a very prominent officer in the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the most influential voices in the Salvation Army and actually in the broader stream of gospel work in the period of his adult life. He had a very engaging way and a very persuasive way of helping people understand that God wants you to experience life in a kind of pure love. So his journey is, he has a rough upbringing. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of difficulties to overcome. His family is impoverished. His father dies. His mother remarries. It's kind of a mess up. I mean, he's out on the street as a teenager trying to make his own way. poverty, yeah. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a lot of opportunities, but he finds a way. He's got a great mind. Mm -hmm. He applies himself. He has an intersection with Jesus. He decides one day as an adult man, I'm going to follow Jesus, but he still isn't satisfied. He's doing the right stuff, but he's not feeling it. And then he has an experience as he's searching and crying out to God for more, where he believes the Holy Spirit fell on him. And he described it this way. When that moment occurred, he was standing outside, I felt pure love. And he defined that as the presence of God. For him, pure love meant the presence of God in his life and the calling of God in his life so that he just started to love everything. Things he used to pass by and not notice, now he he appreciated them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things that he used to take for granted, no, suddenly, wow, that's something I love. Mm -hmm. He then found himself as a voice of helping people know 
come to God and don't just do a checklist of intellectual propositions, mm-hmm. but allow yourself to be possessed, to be filled, to be made whole by the presence of the supernatural God in the person of the Holy Spirit, which he defined as experiencing God and his pure love. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I know you do some history study. Yeah. Uh, Kimberly, and you know, I know that you've looked some things up about Mr. Brengel and the Salvation Army. What strikes you about that journey? Yeah, I, um, I've had some interaction with uh, leaders in the Salvation Army uh, across the years, and I'm always fascinated with their commitment. And so it was fun to kind of read about this guy who had such an important role in the early days as this powerful evangelist. And what What really impressed me was that uh, his own experience growing up impoverished and and all of the problems sort of that he lived through as a young man, uh, now in this holiness band of the Salvation Army, he really preached a gospel that lifted up the notion that holiness is being filled with the love of God so that you can spread the love of God. And that, that that's really what the roots of the Salvation Army are, um, that they're put up in every hole and hubble of, of deep cities and uh, urban life to serve the poor and the destitute. And that flows out of this conviction that to be filled with God is, is then to pour that back out. Pure love should transform you, the filling of God's presence in your life. It should not only transform you, but it should then also transform the world around you. That's right. This was Brengel's ambition. And when we come back, Kimberly, let's talk about a famous passage in the scripture that really animated him and propelled him to live this out. Jennifer Wilson, you're the original co-host with me here at Viewpoint, and during all of these years, have you ever been with us to the Holy Lands? I have not. Well, JJ, I want you to come with us next time because we're going to go again in January 2018. Why in January? At the front end of the month, we'll be in Bethlehem for the Orthodox Christmas Eve. And then we're going to walk through the streets of the old city of Jerusalem. We'll be on the Mount of Olives and overlook that city over which Jesus wept. Mm. We'll go to Galilee and you'll go out on a wooden boat framed like the one Jesus sailed on and you'll see the bowl of mountains upon which the lilies bloom like Solomon's glory. There's so much to experience, so many places to go. The scripture comes alive. JJ, come along with us. And everyone listening, we want you to join us. How do you get there? Check out our website, cbhviewpoint.org. Read all about it. Or give us a call, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, toll free. See you there. Many people listening today may wonder, what are you talking about? The Holy Spirit, the, you know, the, the gospel working out for the poor. I mean, these are concepts that people can kind of imagine on the periphery of their experience, right. but may not be familiar with what we're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, most people have seen the Salvation Army somewhere, and it was a movement of God's people still in play today where they often wear uniforms yes. as if in a kind of military <laughs> band. They carry no weapons save the love of Christ. But... 
there is a sense that they're on the march yeah. and that they are on the march taking back what hell has stolen. Yeah, battling the devil, That's right? what they do. And so this concept of pure love is, is the propelling force. It's the mm-hmm. wind in the sail. And this guy, Brengel, who lived in the 19th century and the first part of the 20th, was very devoted to the scripture. He saw the scripture as the revelation of God and it was powerful, it was supernatural. And as it was, he would read it, he would memorize it, and he would talk about it. And one of the passages that he loved, well, that anyone could love when you read it, you just are drawn into it, is found in the letter called the Galatians, chapter five. It is a kind of dark and light. It it contrasts life that all of human experience falls into two genres. And in our nature, if we were just left to ourselves without any help from God or intersection in our hearts with the Most High, we might find ourselves going down a road to conduct and practice that does not give life but robs life. Alternatively, if you, if you pursue God and you surrender your life into his hand and you understand that Jesus came into this world not only so that we could see God, but also so that he could make a way for us to be free from our ordinary selves and be open to be transformed, to be born again, to be filled by the Spirit of God. If you got there, then there would be certain fruit, as the scripture says, there'd be certain outcomes that would come that would give you a kind of pure love. So, Kimberly, Mm -hmm. Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 19, can you walk me through the first couple verses to 23 that talk about what life is like if you have no knowledge of God. Yes, I'm happy to. Beginning in verse 19 of chapter 5. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a sobering word, but it makes so much sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I think the scripture here is not telling us that if you live to your sinful nature, which is a way of describing our original nature, the way in which we just develop over a lifetime is compromised by sin. And we become selfish and we're self-preoccupied and we don't have the highest view of ourselves or others or the world around us. And the outcomes will be not all of these things. Not everyone is going to find themselves with all of these things <laughs> present in their lives. But wow, when you talk about envy or drunkenness or selfish ambition right. or outbursts of anger, those are things that a lot of people struggle with. They're not even conscious of it, but that's the way they live. It's the way they act. And every time there's an outburst of anger, somebody gets bruised. Yeah, and I... I think for Paul, what's important is everything rises and falls um, with the community. Certainly his letter to Galatians focuses on the power of the Spirit. But when you, when you do these kinds of things, when you participate in these kinds of things, other people around you get hurt. And so you can't live filled with the Holy Spirit, pouring out the Holy Spirit, if you're practicing these things that are hurting other people around you instead of helping them quarreling, jealousy, hostility. I mean, there's a whole list here. But on the alternative, this is where we want to land. Mm -hmm. This is verse 22 of Galatians chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit, alternatively, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So as I'm just thinking about these two passages, the one you read and the one I've shared, Mm -hmm. side by side in the Scripture, and realizing that all of us, all of us have capacity to live to either ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I want to be, in that last half, the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. These are things that cannot be naturally achieved. No, not in the flesh. It Just by yourself, <laughs> you can want to be like that. Uh-huh. You can long to have those virtues. You can try and wake up in the morning and say, you know, today I'm going to be more loving. Mm-hmm. And that's a sensible choice. But you can't get there in your own strength. It's nope. not possible. This is the premise of redemption and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. When you're redeemed, you acknowledge, I can't get there. (laughs) I acknowledge that left to my own devices, I'm going to do things that rob life, my own life and the life of those around me. Mm -hmm. But Lord, I want you to make me a new person. And I believe you will do that because Jesus Christ has made a way for me. He has himself taken on himself the consequence of all my mess-ups, my sin, and he has taken them for himself, on himself at the cross. And now that he has raised from the dead, my debt is paid if I will just accept the gift. But the next step is, Lord, I don't want to just be made with a clean page. Mm-hmm. I, don't want to, I want to be empowered to keep the page clean. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want to be able to write new words, write new experiences, and do new things that are the fruit of the Spirit. It's a kind of like uh, what not to wear. Remember that program yeah, on television? I loved that. And, and what to wear. What not to wear is you don't want to wear quarreling. Mm-hmm. You don't want to wear hostility. You don't want to wear envy and jealousy. You don't want to wear being divisive and dividing people. Mm-hmm. What you want to wear is give me that coat of joy. Mm-hmm. Give me that, that shirt of peace. Mm-hmm. Give me those pants of patience. That's what I want to wear. And the thing that can dress us, the only thing that can dress us that way is the Holy Spirit. I think this is where a lot of people get hung up. We want to be good people. We give our lives over to Jesus. Um, We want to be like Jesus, but we try to do it in our own power. And truly, without, without the Holy Spirit transforming our minds, making us more like Christ, we cannot do it. And then you mess up. And you think, oh, I've done it again, and now I'm out. And that's not how life of the Spirit works, you know. It, it fills you, and you're able to do things that you can't do in and of your own self, in and of your own strength. Sometimes we imagine that that empowering of the Holy Spirit should be defined by some kind of supernatural ability. You know, now I have a gift of healing. Right. I can cause you to be healed by God's Spirit in me. And truth be told... I think the Holy Spirit does give that gift to some people, mm-hmm. but not everyone will have that one. Sometimes you might imagine, well, I could just I just need a gift of of prophecy in the scripture. It names that as a gift of the Spirit. To prophesy is to declare, to foretell some truth that you could not own otherwise, but the Lord has shown you. And and you do it powerfully and you're empowered to declare it in a persuasive way. And oh, I want to have that gift. There are gifts like that, but I think here what Brengel understood what all of us have to come to is the proof of the Spirit in us is the fruit. Yes. Are these characteristics, are these virtues, is this way of living 
oozing out of our pores? Are they the norm for us because the Spirit is striving in us, or are they the exception anomaly? It's easy to go to church. Well, maybe not easy, but I mean, you can go to church. You can sing the songs. You can even make an offering. You can volunteer. You can learn the Lord's Prayer. There are all kinds of things you can do like that that essentially affirm some truths, but that's not the same as doing those things and being filled by the Spirit so that when you leave the building or even are in the building, that you speak with grace, Mm -hmm. that you engage others with hope and life and joy. Mm -hmm. I wonder sometimes, Kimberly, do I have this Spirit going on in me? I really had an experience when I was younger where I really felt like the Spirit fell on me, but then there are moments when my raw native desire overtakes (laughs) me and I think, wow, do I have the Spirit? But I have to tell you a story that... Every now and then I remember this. I was, I was flying from Indianapolis to Seattle, and I was changing planes in Chicago. That was the plan. And while I was getting ready to board the plane in Indianapolis to fly to Chicago, there was some difficulty with the plane in my first airline of choice, so they took me over to American Airlines and mm-hmm. rebooked me on an American flight to Chicago that would take me to Seattle. And I said, fine, and I checked in my luggage there, and it seemed <laughs> to all be good. I went to the gate. I get to the gate. I'm standing in line as they're boarding the plane. We all know how that goes. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a gate agent comes down the way, and she starts calling up my name, James Lyon, James Lyon. She had a kind of harsh, angry tone. And I'm looking around. I'm like, is she talking about me? I guess so. I raised my hand. I said, I'm James Lyon. She says, get out of the line. She says, just like that. Just get out. And I says, what? And everyone in the line, I mean, there's 100 people in the line. They're looking at me like, is he the terrorist? Is, what did he do? Did he steal the peanuts out of the tray? What did he do? And I was just like... Yes, ma'am. And I stood out in the line and she said, you're not getting on this plane. We don't have room for you. And Uh, I said, oh, no, no. I I went to this other airline, but they rebooked me. And the American gate agent at the check-in counter took my luggage and everything. They gave me this boarding pass. I know, I know, but you're not one of ours. Mm. (laughs) And I said, well, what does that mean? What it means is you don't have a seat on this plane. Get out of the line. She said it just like that, and everyone is standing around. I was just like mortified. I said, what should I do? And she said, well, just have to go back to the ticket counter, and you'll just have to go figure it out. I mean, she didn't own any of the responsibility. I said, what about my luggage? She said, not my problem. Right. So I just walked away, head bowed, hoping nobody would notice or remember it and just get on the plane and forget about it. And as it happened, I got to United. United flew me out there. All's well that ends well. And I don't mean to malign American Airlines. It could have been a person with a bad day at oh, any of airline. Course. Yeah. But that's what happened. Okay, two years go by. I'm back at home in my supermarket nearest my house. You've been there. It's the mm-hmm. Payless out on Cross Street. I'm there just looking at produce. I think my wife had sent me to get a head of lettuce. I don't know. I'm staring at the head of lettuce, minding my own business, trying to figure out, you know, how a head of yep, lettuce yep, is. Yep. This one's heavier than that one. So I'm figuring out what one to buy. And I just felt like these people were watching me. You know, like a spider's on the wall. You just know what's there. And I turned around and here were these people and they were just staring at me across the produce aisle and they were just talking to themselves. And I turned back, and finally this guy comes up to me and says, excuse me, could I talk to you? I said, yes, how can I help you? He said, are you Jim Lyon? I said, yes. Are you the pastor of that big church out by the highway? Yes. And then the wife goes, see, I told you it was him. I told you it was him. (laughs) I said, and? He said, well, my wife and I, a couple years ago, were at the airport flying to Chicago. And while we were there, the gate agent came and pulled you out of the line, and she humiliated you. Mm -hmm. And we were just like... Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And you handled it with such grace. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, he said, I would have blown up. Mm-hmm. But you didn't. 
And we talked all the way in. My wife thought that was you, the pastor. And I just want to tell you, we've never forgotten that moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you that whatever it is inside of you Mm -hmm. that caused you to manage that with grace, Mm -hmm. I want some of that. Mm. I'm only sharing that experience, not about myself. Mm -hmm. It just reminded me, oh, maybe the Holy Spirit really is working in Mm -hmm. me. Because you see, human nature would not accommodate that kind of an event. And yet the Holy Spirit turned it into, not just for me, because I got home anyway, and asked, actually, United put me in first class, so it was a better, it was a better <laughs> end anyway. And there was a witness, and here two years on, right. you never know who's there's watching. still yeah. fruit being born. Mm-hmm. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. That's Folks, right. I'm here to tell you, this can be your story, mm-hmm. but you have to make a decision. You have to decide that you want to follow Jesus and more. You want to be possessed by his Spirit. How do you do that? Well, you pray. You make the choice in your heart, and then you articulate it to God and open up the door of your heart, your mind, your whole self. Open it wide and let the Lord walk in and fill you with himself. Start with us right now. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you know each of us by name, and you've created us for purpose, and those purposes are good. We're thankful, Lord, that You understand our challenges, and you know how hard it is to walk in this world that is so broken and desperate. In so many places, it has jagged edges that don't call the best out of us and make us jagged too. And we're thankful, Lord, that you are not content to leave us there, but that you gave yourself, your son, that we might have new life and more. You're willing to share the very person of yourself in your Holy Spirit with us, to possess us. And as Kimberly mentioned already, to transform us by the renewing of our mind so that we will think differently, that we will act differently, that we will dream differently, and that we will treat others differently, and that we will see ourselves differently. We want to bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Because in these, Lord, is true strength, and in these, Lord, is true power. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. We open up our hearts right now and ask, fill us, Lord, for Jesus' sake. Amen. So faithful, so constant, so loving and so true, so powerful in all you do. So patient, 
that prayer with us, you might be thinking, uh-oh, what's next? Take a deep breath, listen, watch, and pray some more. Gather with other believers on this next Lord's Day. Find some other people who are seeking Jesus and his spirit, just like you are, and you will find yourself drawn into the net of God's presence. Your life can be changed. You can do it. He will do it. If you want to know more how this can work for you, give us a call. Remember our number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We want to hear from you. But if someone didn't want to call us up, Kimberly, they would prefer to just check us out online. Where would they go? Yeah, you can visit us online at cbhviewpoint.org. That's CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. Send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Put a stamp on the envelope and send it to me. Jim Lyon, Viewpoint. Post Office Box 2420. Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us by phone, check us out online, or use the post, please, let us hear from you this week. Kimberly, thanks for being with us. Oh, so glad to be here. And we're so glad you tuned in as well. We hope that you'll join us again next week as we talk a little bit more with some fresh new eyes about what it means to find pure love, the love of God that not only loves us purely, but helps us love the world around us. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast in Anderson, Indiana, 
This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.